0: Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world.
1: We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We're doing um, an exciting crossover podcast uh, with the lovely Elisa Tunders. I haven't said that entirely correctly, so you can correct me in a moment, (laughs) Um, who's joining us from Management 3.0 today. And we are going to do a little crossover talk about all things happiness and some things agile, I think. So that's really exciting. Thank you so much for joining us, Elisa.
2: Thank you so much for having me and thanks so much for coming up with this idea.
0: I'm excited. Um, so, a quick introduction to yourself. Um, you're a digital engagement specialist with a history of creating inclusive and sustainable spaces for knowledge sharing, which uh, sounds incredible. And I know I've been a part of a little part of some of those, which is incredible. Um, and since working for Management 3.0, you have kind of followed your passion for the science of happiness and positive psychology. And you're now the host of the Management 3.0 Happiness at Work podcast. And you Absolutely. organize some incredible global events um, and your mission is agile leadership for a happier people and successful organizations, um, Absolutely. which is something that Jenny and I can definitely get behind. So tell us if you don't mind a little bit about, you know, how, your path, how did you get here? Um, and, uh, and we can share that with, with our listeners.
2: Yeah. So I, um, I started out in academia uh, where I, I did anthropology and uh, I worked across the world with different type of research centers. And we always had these issues that when we wanted to get people to come to the UK or to the US, or, you know, we wanted to bring a number of people together, especially from officially um, development assisted countries, that was really difficult because we have something in the UK that's called the hostile environment. And, you know, just money wise, it's really hard to bring a lot of people together. So at that point, I got already very excited and interested in kind of more sustainable and and more easy ways to get together um, virtually. And that was way before the pandemic. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, this is this is my chance. Um, uh, I was going to try. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I had some knowledge behind me and then kind of left the university, left academia and kind of tried to help other people create these spaces. Because I see a lot of value in in knowledge sharing throughout the internet. Like, look at us today. We're half in Australia, half UK. I'm not sure where you are today, Sari, but it might be Canada. Um, so... And we're all here together and sharing this across the world. Uh, And that's such a beautiful thing, uh, I think. And yeah, and then I got asked at one point um, to join the Management 3.0 team, which was for me a bit of a full circle thing because I started my career in um, management consultancy way before I went back to university um, to go back into academia. Uh, And I just really, 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 really enjoyed it doing the podcast, the content creation around happiness at work, and started deep diving into positive psychology around it. And now I'm like, I need to go back to school. I need I need to go get another master's now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen um Ben Shahar is just launching his first master's in the study of happiness? No. Uh, first cohort starts this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, cool. Uh, yeah, you I have know, to send me lucky <laughs> enough to meet him. Yeah, there you go. I'll send you the details. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. Um so I think your question that you ask for your episode is a great way for us to kick off. So I'm going to hand Absolutely. over to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We
2: start every episode with the same question and we have 285 episodes at the moment where people answer this question so we're going to do something with this. What does happiness mean to you? So maybe Jenny, what does happiness mean to you?
1: It's such a big question, and, and no wonder you have two hundred eighty-five different answers. I'm sure. I think happiness to me is that that sense of contentment, calm, and joy in what you do, what you're doing, uh, regardless of your job title or anything like that. It's 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 bigger than happiness itself. It's that whole array of positive emotions that we can experience which combined enable us to feel happy.
0: Yeah.
2: Sarah, what about what about you? How do you feel about happiness? Oh Jenny
0: said it, Jenny, I know mean, I was like, oh I know what I'm going to say. And Jenny said mostly the same thing. Oh she stole uh, your answer. Yeah, no, no, it's just it's just, it's all right. That's why we have a podcast together because we we have we have a sense <laughs> of what's together. But I think it's this the whole ray of positive emotions. You know, sometimes it's that really the excitement and the fun and the buzz. Um, And sometimes it's like this morning where uh, we've had really hot weather for like three months. I've been hot for like three months and it was cool this morning. And I sat outside and the sun was rising, but I was chilly and I had a hot cup of coffee and I could see the steam rising. So that is the same, the same kind of happiness, but it's different. You know, it's, that was happiness, but also, you know, really achieving something with people or, you know, going out with my family and and partying is happiness. So, um, that, that wide range, um, and having space for all of them, I think is important, not just chasing one or the other. Um, and then there's something else, I guess, as I've got older, that is that contentment of, uh, acknowledgement and presence of where I am, and uh, and just accepting of that.
2: Yeah, I, I I feel that too. Every year I get older, I chase that sort of happiness instead of the crazy excitement uh, that I loved in my twenties yeah. and early thirties. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still do, but not as not as
1: much. Yeah, obviously.
0: not as much, right? Yeah, yeah. every it's now to and be again, and just being. <laughs> I
1: think it's just a different quality. of of happiness that we experience at different ages as well. And and for me, happiness is, although we talk about, you know, experiencing a whole array of positive emotions, for me, happiness also includes those times when I might be feeling a little bit wistful, a little bit sad, a little bit sort of contemplative. Um, It doesn't have to be all positive, positive, positive. Happiness can also be the acceptance Mm -hmm. piece around well things aren't quite as great as I'd like them to be but I'm dealing with it and I'm okay and I think yeah, that's yeah. important especially at the You're moment to so yeah to, being true to ourselves not sort of chasing butterflies all the time <laughs> even though it'd be great fun yeah. to chase yeah. butterflies. um but that's not reality <laughs> you know reality is we take the rough with the yeah. smooth the good with the bad and I think to experience happiness, we need to be able to have all of those sort of interplaying to, to a certain extent.
2: Absolutely. Oh. And, my, and my, my definition of happiness also changed over the pandemic. It's, it's massively changed, ah. actually, over the pandemic. Ah. Yeah, I really kind of rediscovered family time and, and not chasing, like, yeah. the next high and the next travel and the yeah. next, you know, I was forced to sit down and, and kind of be and, and I, I'm really, I'm really happy that happened because, you know, I like enjoy, enjoy yeah. spending lots more time with my family and, and, and in a whole different kind of way than I used to just flying in and going back out. And, um, it's kind of, yeah, made that, made that a bit easier and also made my life a little bit calmer in that sense. Mm-hmm. If. It's still it's still mm-hmm. quite high intensity when it comes to move, <laughs> moving around, but less so than it was um before the pandemic.
0: Fantastic. I love that. I'd love for our listeners as well, you know, to to reflect. Did did anything shift for them? Because I think I I had quite a similar um slow transition um over the pandemic. Uh it it reminded me of that quote, and I can't remember who said it that um once I knew, then I forgot. Now I remember, and that's how I. That's how I feel. I exited the pandemic is like, oh yeah, I used to. This used to be enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I. I totally can resonate with that, Elisa. So I. I would love to ask you because you're all about agile, and I know agile and happiness go together. Uh, I worked very much in the kind of um, digital world where we did a lot of Agile. But I would love to hear from, from yourself, wh- who's really kind of entrenched in that. Maybe let's just start. How do they go together for anyone who's yeah, going, well, to what is Agile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what is Agile? What are they talking what about? What is Agile?
2: <laughs> um, so Agile is actually... Um, Agile kind of started a number of years ago, almost 20 years ago, or even over 20 years ago, because time seems to fly (laughs) really fast, uh, with an Agile manifesto uh, written by a number of of, uh, prominent people in the software development industry. And it was a way to reorganized the way we made software Um, whereby before that it was kind of like a waterfall structure. You first did this and then you got to go to the next thing and then you got to go to the next thing and you had to wait for somebody else to finish the other thing. Whilst now it's kind of more of a mismatch, like, you know, uh, you can start on that and you can start on that. And we actually, um we actually kind of Uh, embrace that change and embrace that agility of of, of these things, because actually nothing is very static. And one of the things that they said, and and their first line of that manifesto was actually individuals uh, and, and interactions over processes and tools, which is very funny when you think about software development. So they were actually saying back then, no, individuals and interactions are actually way more important than your processes and tools. So they actually said, so at, at the core, uh, they believe that Agile is about the mushy stuff, like, you know, delivering good products to good co- to customers, but by actually seeing their people first and not seeing them as an asset, actually, you know, really living by the fact that the people are creating this, which was back then, I think, some for, somewhat revolutionary. Uh, And they already saw lots of different um, paths for Agile. It wasn't just software development and it isn't just software development. It comes from software development, but it can be adopted in, in like many, many different forms. But what's happened sort of over the years, and I've spoken to one of the authors about the Agile Manifesto about this is, is, people started making methodologies around this and started making structures around this to kind of, because it's really hard for us as human beings without any like tools to hold on to any anchor points. We always need to create these kind of things. But they sort of almost abusing them. So kind of just using these methodologies um, instead of kind of thinking back what was the first step, these individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Because the idea is that, you know, you have less layers of management and less bureaucracy, and it's kind of just all faster. But instead, what sometimes happens is that people just adopt these frameworks and it's just a way to control employees a little bit better. Um, so uh, my, my brother is a very young software engineer and he, whenever he heard, hears the word agile, he goes, uh. <laughs> because for him, that is just a way <laughs> to kind of control <laughs> him better and to, to know what he's doing yeah, every yeah. second at every day. And mm. that's really what it's really mm. not what it's about. Um, it's really, really about the people first. And that's what we're trying to really reiterate and bring back in and that people first is happiness first as well.
1: Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's so interesting that you say this was 20 years ago that, you know, this was first being talked about. Mm-hmm. Here we are 20 years later where it seems to be still something that we're sort of bringing to the surface to get uh, more people at work and in the business world to think about, you know, putting people first. What what do you think the biggest obstacles have been? Um, now why haven't we embraced it more readily beforehand? I think sometimes you don't
2: fix what's not what's not broken, right? So it was work the, the way that was was going things were going before was working in some kind of way. Um and it, even the reasons why people are adopting agile now are not out of altruism or not out of you know concern for their for their for their workers. It's so they can go to market faster. It's so they can, you know, have better operational excellence and more things to it. And they keep forgetting that actually, if we have better employees, if we have more engaged employees, if we have happier employees, we also have better products at the end. But it's so hard to get that into people's minds, uh, or especially you know, the in this capitalist kind of environment where it's just like, okay, money, 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 money first. Uh and and instead of standing still for a second and thinking, hey, but actually my better employees are gonna make, you know, are gonna be more engaged in the long run, they're gonna stay longer, you know retention is going to be better. That costs me a lot of money actually to get new people. But yeah, it just feels somehow, I think it's, it's, you know, the, the long time of, of, of doing things a certain way, but the pandemic is, is kind of changing that a little bit. Although I also see things now moving towards a very different direction. Again, it was first, it was great. And, and people were like, oh yeah, okay, we got to support workers. And it's such a hard time. And you know, the pandemic, this and the pandemic, that, and you know, the C-suite also kind of felt the, the problems of the pandemic, they were also isolated. So they were like, oh, if I'm struggling, they must be struggling as well. And all of a sudden there was some kind of empathy or more empathy to, in, in these things. But now it's already kind of dwindling a little bit. Um, and we, we're we still struggling, obviously, right? We have all these other challenges in the form of war and, and inflation that is going to reach insane <laughs> levels uh, in th- this winter. And, Yet we're back to kind of focus, like not fully, but a lot of companies seem to be back on productivity, 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 and not making Mm -mm. sure that their their workers are are happy first, um, which will lead them to more output. It's not just about altruism, right? It'll lead to more business success in the future. Uh, Maybe not in the short term, but even, even in the short term, it works if you have people who leave when, as soon as you hire them, it's incredibly expensive.
1: Yeah, it's a great I just thing. want to clap everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's also a great example of how we default to our default way of thinking. You know, mm-hmm. we have this massive thing occur, like a global pandemic. It doesn't get much bigger than that. And everybody gets, whoa, we've got to do things differently and we've got to be better. And it's it's very much what I'm now sensing too. Um, I'll be interested to hear what Sarah's got to say. But here in Australia, while you know there are lots of CEOs and and business leaders saying yes, we're going to put people first, we're going to be human centric, la, la 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 It's all going to be about health and well being. Well, crickets. <laughs> so, all <of> a <laughs> it's gone very quiet, <laughs> and now we've got this quiet quitting going on which is which is really a, a passive aggressive yes. form yeah. of employees taking things into their own hands because they can see that the leaders even though they initially had the the good thought um aren't going to follow it through because they've gone back to their previous way of doing because that's way they, they know to do things um and so people are, are doing things with their you know voting with their feet
2: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly
1: so i'll be interested to see what sarah says about this and and where where this is going to take us can we put people first back on the map can we actually achieve a more engaged humanistic workforce or are we barking up the wrong tree and you know on a hiding to nothing Wow.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. What what I saw was exactly what you both have described. This great movement and there was a point and I think we had it on the podcast Jenny where I went, I think I think this is it. I think we've realized, I think, you know, we're going to be, you know, the one great thing that will come out of this is we will have shifted our thinking. Um and then unfortunately yes there's neural pathways and what we know best and <laughs> doing new things is hard um uh, even though it's not actually it's so interesting isn't it it's not hard this is i think the way that that we all feel about what we should be doing at work it's actually easier um it's less uh we we have less perceived control and i would i would distinguish that as perceived control because I don't think leaders or anyone have ever had the kind of control that they feel they have um but they have maybe had tangible numbers or tangible you know you know that you know nine is better than eight and ten is better than nine and eleven is better than right so this becomes oh okay we must be doing well Uh, but yeah my my experience as well as my observation is, um, yeah, we sadly have just gone Ooh, back back to it. And in some cases, again, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, it's worse. So I was running a workshop a number of months ago, and it was all about creating a culture of great customer experience. And we were talking about freedom and doing the right thing and this um, this leader was very clear that that's what they wanted to do, and they had just implemented um, the software that that tracks your movements on your laptop. Yeah, I was just about
2: to say, like the the New York Times came out with, um, well, for for me today, yesterday, <laughs> with a whole study <laughs> about workplace surveillance and how how widespread it is and how incredibly. Um, problematic it is for, for workers because workers are now, some companies are actually paying people based on how many clicks they do on how many hours they and, and, and the invasion of privacy. So they're basically constantly, either constantly filming or making a screenshot and a picture of you every 10 minutes. I think in Europe, there might be some, and in the UK, wow. some, some GDPR issues there. I would, uh, I, would, I, would hope hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, getting paid. It, and it all comes kind of from the software that Amazon used to use or still uses, you know, to track every movement and every, you know, that that extreme control and that extreme productivity, kind of seeing workers, what we call as management 1.0, as little tools in your toolbox and not as as what they are. So that's yeah. now kind of seeping into the knowledge worker side. And I don't know about you guys, but I, if I can't be trusted by my employer to do my job or, and I'm getting tracked on the amount of clicks or the amount of movements I do on my computer, that's not how it works. Like I have to sit there sometimes and think I'm on the phone with somebody. I need to ask information from somebody and to kind of spitball about things. I don't know. We we can't quantify this. I think uh, in my opinion, I'm like, where are we going with this? Cause that's a very scary future. If that is, if that we're getting paint on the amount of, you know, times and, or you're getting called into a meeting because you were idle more than 15 minutes because, you know, you opened the dog, the door for the dog, or you went to go get a cup of tea. um Or you picked your really kids up from future. school or,
0: yeah. Yes. That's yeah. like, that's I, not I working from home
2: anymore. That's just like surveillance. Think, oh.
0: <laughs> oh, it's and, just, it's so frustrating, isn't it? It's so, um, and also we know the science that backs up that type of management does the complete opposite to what I hear these companies would like the outcomes to be, right? Um, So we've talked all about some of these negative, horrible things, and we could dig into that. I love what you talk about, (laughs) the extreme productivity, and I've heard toxic productivity, but I know we only have a certain amount of time with you. Who do you see or hear who's doing it well? Who has taken this and run with it?
2: Well, so there's always the, you know, the. The usual suspects like a Pixar mm-hmm. or a Spotify or. um uh, and Netflix, who are also low, or Google, right? You know, they love experimenting with these things. They're often like, you know, the trailblazers for yeah. the rest of us. And they, you know, they have the capital behind them as well to do these things. But one of the people that I really wanted to highlight that have been really, um, really following and, and, and she has this uh, newsletter that comes out every Sunday and it actually isn't uh, workplace happiness, but this is just general happiness is a woman called Stephanie Harrison. And she has created something called the new happy and the way she kind of her visuals to go with it. I, I just, they, her, her newsletter makes me happy every Sunday and gives me inspiration for the rest of the week. So it's not a word it's not a, a, an at work happiness kind of thing, but I would really recommend everybody just to kind of sign up for that newsletter. Cause it's that little burst of joy for me. Monday morning I opened my computer <laughs> and I got to this lovely newsletter and it's about, you know, her vision on, on, on happiness is it's about kind of a servitude happiness. If we, what actually, what really makes us happy is actually giving and not taking uh, and there's a bit more to that obviously but um you know it's about authenticity and compassion and 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 meaning and service uh, it's not about, you know, everything, me, me, me. And, and I, I don't know, it's kind of those things that still give me some happiness <laughs> in life, in all the bleak things that I then listen to, because then I put on the podcast and say, and then I hear about <laughs> workplace surveillance and then my mood goes, oh, <laughs> I have to go back to that, to that newsletter. You are fighting um, yeah. the good fight, Lisa.
0: Don't, don't,
1: uh, every day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was a a news article that came out today about our tennis champion, who's retired from tennis now, Ash Barty. And Mm. she has now announced what her new role is, and that is as Chief Inspiration Officer for Optus. And I thought, wow. And I thought, what a beautiful role to have and the perfect person to put into it because she is somebody who, you know, she makes you feel good as soon as you sort of hear about her because of her personality, her work ethic, her tenacity, her perseverance, and her generosity of spirit. I think, you know, when we're talking about how to give everybody that little whoop of joy, she's got it in spades because she just engenders that genuinely from her heart. So I thought, oh, she is another great example of somebody who, you know, she could have carried on playing tennis for years and earned lots and lots of money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But she had something, a bigger game that she wanted to play by being involved in an organization such as Optus, where she can, she says she can see that she can make a positive difference to support others to become the people they want to be. And I thought, yes bring on ash so we do need (laughs) those little um you know snippets of encouragement from those people we hear about in in our world because they 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 are the change makers they are the people who i think will help keep us on track to remind us all of our humanity and uh guide us in, in a more positive direction. So <laughs> yeah. it's always the small things that really help.
2: Um, so at Management 3.0 yeah. we have a practice called 12 steps of happiness or two happiness. And they're all kind of small things. Uh, and it's it's like, you know, thank somebody, give something, help somebody, you know, socialize, yeah. smile. All these things that don't actually cost that much. And we kind of encourage leaders and, and managers to to not well obviously lead by example, but also create those spaces for people to be able to exercise, to be able to socialize, to be able to, you know, eat well. And it's the small things that really help help um in, in these kind of spaces. And um especially, you know, appreciation is such a big a big part in that because you know we all get happy when somebody says thank you, uh, you you kind of just automatically give get a smile on your face and yeah. that it's in combination with some of these inspirational figures it's it's a really powerful tool
0: yeah and i think that's so important alisa we i just we I, i'm doing some contract work and we just had an uh you know we just had a like a sprint review uh, and we started instead of just going through and doing the review. Um, I said, "Oh, could we? You know, some new uh, new to the team. So can we start by doing a uh, achievements and thank yous?" Um, and it brought literally brought tears to my eyes. And everyone just it was so incredible. You think that it's all it's so simple. It's almost um, it almost feels. Yeah, but that was it. They were like, oh, we were so busy before. We couldn't do this. But it was so incredible to see what people appreciated, to see how important the connection with each other was. And this, those tiny, small, we took two minutes to just write down, you know, kind of what we were proud of, what we, what we were happy with. And the the vibe for the rest of the day was just out of this world. Uh so I love those, the 12 steps to happiness. And people can go onto the website to, to check those yeah. out.
2: So there is awesome. a big poster that we have in multiple languages. So from Japanese hey. to Spanish,
0: to the, you can download
2: it, hang it up in the office. Uh, and it's management 30com slash practice. Uh, and then you'll find all of our practices and 12 steps to happiness is, is one of them. Uh, and yeah, I encourage everybody to hang, if you are still in the office or put it in your home office, um, and, and just print it out and hang it there. Cause it's just these small things that really happen. And like you also said, Jenny, like, um, sorry, Sarah, to, to leave, to make the space for it, um, to, mm. to because sometimes we, you know, sometimes when you ask, how are you, you kind of expect like, oh, I'm I'm good. I'm fine. But actually kind of creating that space and saying like, you know, give me <laughs> a little bit, well, a little bit more. And that's the same with those thank yous, the same with those appreciations, really giving a designated time and space for it um, mm. really helps because otherwise, yeah, they're almost forgotten because we think they're simple or we think they're, but they're so important. They, they make the rest, like you said, yeah. they may set the vibe.
0: It was, yeah. I, and I was reminded about how important they were. So turn over to you Alisa, to, to wrap up. Cause I think you have a perfect closing, yeah. closing question.
2: Yeah. So we, and un- we end all of our happiness at work podcast with asking our guests uh, about tangible practices. So I think, let me ask both of you. I'll start with Jenny. Um, like What are some practical things our listeners can start implementing tomorrow with either their employees or uh, for themselves um, to lead to kind of more happiness in their lives? Uh, We've spoken about a number of things, but is there anything else that comes from, from your background perspective that springs to mind?
1: I think it's really great to have three or four things that you have in your happiness toolbox that you prioritize and make sure that you engage with them in some way every single day. So for me personally, it would be getting outside for a walk because I just love being in nature. I need to be in contact with the wind and the sun or whatever. The second thing is to um, spend some time with our dogs because I'm a real dog person and just being with them, puts a smile on my face I don't put a smile on their face, but I <laughs> so, spending time with them, patting them, seeing them running around and having fun. It's its about the relationships we have, my husband. Um, it's about doing something just calming, and I just love beautiful music. And, of course, I find that just spending time being and thinking makes me happy because I, I like to be and think because I'm a bit of a thinker. So that's what I do. What about you, Sarah? Uh oh
0: I love I love all of that. I love all the stuff we've talked about. Um but I guess kind of in that in that space I would say like what are your rhythms? And to your point Jenny, kind of sometimes when we're in kind of crazy chaos and we're too busy, it's hard for us to then you know that kind of executive function to decide what we have to do. So having a list where I know I need to do something, but your list tells you what to do. So you don't actually have to think; you can just do it. It's like that Sean Acor kind of twenty-second rule. Big fan of the twenty-second rule. So I would say, like, what's your more? What is your morning thing? What gets you energized? Are you are you low energy in the morning? Are you high energy? What what do you need to do? Do you need to go outside? Do you need to reflect? Do you need to meditate? Do you need to exercise? Whatever. And then at the end of the day, what's your rhythm to end your day? So how do you kind of um, either draw a line between work and home or commute or whatever? Um, But just before you do that, my favorite thing is a to-do list. So we always have a to-do list. Yeah. If we don't have something to do, we don't have a job, (laughs) right? There will always be things on our to-do list. It will never be over. Why should it be? But how rarely do we sit and we look at what did I do? You know, making progress in our work and then reflecting and seeing how far we've come um, and I, and I kind of like this idea that the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, but mm-hmm. the journey of a thousand miles ends with one step, right? So it's just recognizing when you've made that one step and, and, uh, and seeing where you've come from, where you, where you're going to.
2: I love call, that you called it a tada list. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely I actually fantastic. take my
0: to-do list I actually take my to-do list and I cross out the to-do on top of the printed thing and I write ta-da <laughs> I,
2: I still I have so many to-do lists but I still every day sit down and make a little paper one as well so I can have the satisfaction of going <laughs> done
0: yeah
2: great doesn't feel like that when you click on you know click on something as in it's too fast no, take the but- tick
0: box doesn't do it right <laughs> it really doesn't rhythms and those rituals right like there's a physicality to that which which plays plays into it for us um how about you elisa would you end by sharing with our listeners what are some of your top tips for them um i think
2: you you kind of said it there right creating those um we would almost say um creating um what are they called um the things you do every day like the <laughs> the habits thank rituals you that's what I was like, rituals habits, habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think uh, <laughs> sorry that that came from far away um yeah i creating those and kind of maintaining those is actually really important i'm somebody that is naturally quite chaotic and um i feel at my best and my happiest when um i know i've had you know my morning routine, which includes a little bit of yoga and those kind of things. And if I let that go, I can see within the week that kind of some of that calmness, clarity, in a sense, also how happiness kind of just kind of Um, dissipates. And so I think forming those habits uh, is definitely important. And like, uh, like Jenny said, kind of taking, making them your own as well. These 12 steps to happiness is is that is petting your dog. Make sure you do that every day Um, and kind of put that into your daily routine to um, to kind of spark yourself up. Uh, As I heard someone say yesterday that we're kind of like combustion engines and we need, well, we are combustion engines, but we, we need, instead of like the, the nourishment that we need in our water and all of those kind of things, we also need these things that spark us. Um, and if petting your dog is sparking you, do that. If going for a run or going for a hike, do that. Is that going with your friends, do that. Make sure you just make sure that you do the things that spark you and not just kind of I, I love being a couch potato as well, but I do have to get out of it sometimes. And because <laughs> I know that doesn't spark me very much. Um, so, yes, um, creating those habits and ensuring that the things that that you do, that you love and that give you energy, that they're in there.
0: What a beautiful way to end. Thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today. Um, yeah. I loved that. Um, and the thing that stood out for me today um, is just going back to that very beginning, you know. Individuals and interactions over process and tools.
2: So, yeah, yeah. let's keep that in mind. Um, Thank you. We've been
0: saying it for 20 years. Every time, (laughs) every time. Um, we'll put all the links so people can reach you Elisa, but what's the best way someone can contact you if they're interested to hear more about you?
2: So, yeah, I would go either through the management 3.0 website, which is management com, or, uh, get straight on to me, which is Elisa at management 3.0 or dot uh, where you can find all these things. And we're also doing, um, a, a great conference. Solely about happiness, uh, happiness as the why in agile uh, transformations, uh, which is live in Berlin if you're in Germany or in there, uh, but also via your computer screen. So we're attempting a hybrid conference, um, which is very exciting, very nerve-wracking. Um, so. Uh, but yeah uh, absolutely join us for that how about you sarah
1: and jenny if we're we're crossing over here how do people get um get to you the easiest way is probably through thriving with sarah and jenny on our facebook page and sign up to our to our podcasts and then you can get hold of us that way
0: that way and linkedin and, and LinkedIn uh, anywhere else yeah. yeah i think we're also on youtube and all sorts of other places
1: yeah. <laughs> we're, everywhere, <laughs> we're everywhere.
0: Thriving everywhere with sarah and jenny and you'll just find go us.
2: thriving thriving with sarah and jenny and they're yeah. good. Yeah, good
0: perfect yeah <laughs> thank you so much for joining us everybody and we look forward to seeing you next time bye for now bye
1: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it.
0: And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy and thrive in whatever you do.